Hey, hey, welcome back to Bullpen Sessions. My name is Andy Neary. Each week, I sit down with abundant thinkers who are kicking ass in life. And we deconstruct the formulas they have used to have success in business and in life to help you unpack your life, your business, so you can do the same. So put a smile on, grab a pen and a paper, get ready to take a ton of notes because you, my friend, are about to go on a wild ride. Here we go. Hey, hey, welcome back to Bullpen Sessions. Man, I'm excited for this interview. This one moved me. I think it's going to move you too. In fact, it took me a couple days uh, after recording this to realize how much this conversation impacted my life. And I hope it does the same for you. I'm excited to introduce Amy Ledeen. She is one inspiring woman. That's about as simple as I can put it. She is the founder of Lean Bodies Consulting. She owns two businesses with her husband. She's got seven-figure businesses. She's a fitness coach. She has six kids. She and her husband live to the great north neighbor of ours in Canada. She is the host of the Effit podcast. But more importantly, Amy has been in a seven-year battle with stage four cancer. This woman is one badass. In fact, in the episode, I tell her she is part sweetheart, part badass. And that's what I love about her so much. In her number one secret weapon to fighting the battle against cancer right now is her mindset. And as you know, that's what this podcast is about. One of my rules to become a podcast interview on bullpen sessions is you have to think abundantly. And Amy is exactly that. Speaking of mindset, in this episode, we talk about discipline resiliency and accountability discipline being that amy's discipline that of of losing weight early on in life and using that now to become a fitness consultant the resiliency it took or it takes for her to continue this battle with cancer and then the accountability she has with herself every single day through the use of her daily agreement cards we dive into amy's six f's faith family forgiveness food, fitness, and formula. You are absolutely going to love this episode. You are going to be inspired by this episode. If you are sitting anywhere right now where you are feeling sorry for yourself, that is going to end when this interview is over. We talk about Amy's lessons that she has learned through this seven-year battle with cancer, and Amy's going to get you ramped up to start living the life you know you are capable of living. No more excuses. So, Put your seatbelt on, grab a pen, grab a piece of paper, and start taking notes because this is one of the most inspiring interviews I've ever done, and I am just excited to share Amy Ledeen with you. Here we go. Shift your mindset. Amy Ledeen, welcome to Bullpen Sessions. How are you? Good. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. This is going to be fun. Um, you and I met in uh, the Fast Foundations Mastermind last year. Yes. And yes. One thing, I still have the photo uh, actually on my phone where I had posted on social media, coolest hair ever. (laughs) (laughs) Here's what I love about you, though. I call you part sweetheart, part badass. Oh, I love it. Is that a good definition? Yes, that is. The hair has been a great... 
you know, I always had like conservative hair prior to losing it to cancer. And then when it's, yeah. I lost it three times, why not go crazy? It's been a great tool to see judgment passed on people, mm. right? And how it really taught me my own judgments of other people that I will never do again now that I have been the person that's been pointed at or like assumptions made, right? <laughs> yes. No. It, and this is this is why I'm excited about this interview because there's there's multiple places we can go. You know, today I, I definitely want to talk about the discipline you have. You are one of the most disciplined people I know. You and I don't haven't met all that often, but just watching you and seeing you on social media and stuff, your abs, your discipline is off the charts. Your resiliency. We don't even have to go there with your battle with cancer, which we'll get into, and then your accountability to yourself and the fact you're in the fitness world. Accountability is probably the number one thing you have to have to yeah. succeed to, uh, with your health, both mind and body. But let's start, let's level set for the people who may have no idea who Amy Ladin is. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Where are you from? Where were you born? Where are you today? And what makes you tick? Okay. So I am well, I'm 42. I always put that out there just because I think, you know, depending on people's age, where they're at, I've got six children, a blended family, four of my own but two from, you know, marriage. Um, a little bit about me, you know, I was a chubby kid growing up. I've lost a hundred pounds. You know, my nickname was Piglet. Um, so losing that was a huge, huge, just shift in my life, you know, just personal development wise, because it, it shifts your confidence everywhere. Um, so, you know, fitness, health is definitely like my jam, which really leads into mindset. So that's why you see a lot of the parallels. Like as soon as I got into personal development, I'm like, this is exactly the fat loss journey, but just with your mindset. And so, you know, that is probably what makes me tick the most is I'm, I'm obsessed with becoming my best self and I'm constantly, constantly working on creating my future self. Yeah. You know what you said it early on and that resonates with me because I too was a chubby kid. In fact, mm. I was chubby probably all the way up till seventh or eighth grade. In fact, wow. it's funny because I don't have it anymore. I think my parents have it, but it was my seventh grade basketball picture. I always challenge people, find me in that team photo and they'll be like, I can't find it. I said, look for the kid with the B cups. <laughs> that oh was my me. Gosh. <laughs> well, my kids don't even recognize me if I show them like my older kids do, but like my daughter saw a picture of me in my twenties and she yeah. had no clue that it was me. I'm like, yes, that was me. <laughs> well, let's start there, Amy. Um, discipline. You know, you lot, you've lost a hundred pounds in this journey called your life. Let's mm -hmm. go back to that moment where I think you were a mother, you were already a mother at that point, yes. uh, struggling with your weight and you hit a point. There was a moment when you realized kind of enough's enough. I have got to start doing something about my health and my weight. Take us back to that moment. Well, I was, I was at a, I mean, I was very blessed to have a moment because I think a lot of people don't. I had a moment where I looked around at the park and the active moms were out playing with their kids. And I was on the park bench with all the moms that were obviously like struggling. You know, it's, it's, I'm, I'm out of gas pushing the swing. I didn't want, I mean, I couldn't even actually fit probably on any of the playground equipment, like in terms of feeling comfortable. I definitely couldn't get on a swing. Whereas I saw some of the moms are like swinging with their kids kids. And I, I went home that day and I'm like, I cannot do this anymore. I don't want to be that mom. I'm the mom that like I've made judgment on. Like I I've always sworn I was going to be this active mom. And so I went home and 
I started just with nutrition, you know, just literally counting the calories. I did Weight Watchers. I don't even, I mean, I was so out of shape that even the introductory Tybo, I thought that was the actual workout, but it was just actually teaching you how to do it. So I always joke that for a year, I literally took the, just the video on how to. (laughs) (laughs) And so I was, you know, really fortunate to have that. I call it the inside out change where my, my why was really deep. Hmm. shift that to later in life where I did a lot of contest prep coaching and I I coached a lot of people that get on stage. That's an outside in thinking that all they're concerned about is the deadline. They're concerned about getting to a destination. And that shift, when I went through that phase, it's, it's why it's not lasting for people because your identity doesn't really shift. It's just, you're following a program. You're really good at that. So we ended up as a brand shifting back into doing like no more contest prep because it was no longer fulfilling to us because I realized, man, I'm becoming that person. I'm like, I'm willing to do stuff that maybe isn't now healthy. Whereas before, when I first got into losing the hundred pounds, it was literally because I wanted to be a better mom. I wanted to like take care of myself. I didn't want to have diabetes someday, you know, when it flipped and when we start comparing or maybe, you know, like you just get mixed up in the fitness arena, it was very much outside in, you know, like you're not, you're willing to do whatever, tons of cardio, you know, less calories, all for the sake of the outside. Well, and that point is so spot on because how many people lose weight with the goal because of a specific event, a a contest, child's wedding, whatever it might be, and they hate the journey. They just want the outcome. And let's face it, when the outcome come and goes, they're right back to their old ways of living and eating and not exercising. Totally. And the stats show it. I mean, 95% of people will gain their weight back within three years. Three years. So, I mean, people think it's hard enough to lose it. It's actually harder to keep it because you have to be disciplined to not have an outcome on the other side. Meaning like, I got to work just as hard at my maintenance behavior wise, like it's not like I don't want to eat all the cake too. And I can't, and and that's all the discipline to get on the scale every week and it be the same. Whereas all these people, they're usually motivated. They even use that word. Like all clients, well, I'm really motivated by change. I'm like, well, then you'll never keep your results because guess what? When you get to the maintenance, there's no change. That's actually the goal, you know? Yeah. So I, I heard you on a previous podcast talk about this journey and what really struck me was as you now you dove headfirst into losing weight, mm-hmm. focusing on your body, you also found yourself getting addicted to that. Yes. And where most people may think that's a good thing, do you find in your coaching now, um, working with people on both the mindset and the fitness, the addiction side of it can actually be a prohibitor of them getting the results they want? For sure, because they're actually, that addiction is usually for the outcome versus the behavior. And so they're not willing to like see the healthy side of things. I mean, when I hired my husband as my coach, you know, he was like, well, one, you're not eating enough. And two, you're, you're doing cart, like you're addicted to the cardio and it's a compensatory behavior Mm. is what you see a lot of women do where it's like, I had a bad night. So I'm just going to do some more cardio or I'm just going to restrict calories the next day. And so you're actually, and then let's say the scale goes down, your brain then starts rewarding, like praising yourself, but it's for flawed discipline. And that is a massive, like I actually, clients will get shocked because they'll turn in a bi-weekly and they're like, 
well, I mean, I had 70% compliance, but I mean, I'm happy that I lost three pounds. I go, I'm not because you just got rewarded for flawed discipline. Like for, you got away with something. This isn't because you earned it. It's because you just happen to, you know, you want your behaviors to really match up with the reward. Not like, well, I cheated two nights ago and I kind of got away with it. It just doesn't feel as good, you know? That is so good. I'd never thought of it that way where if you're focused on the outcome, you may see progress in the outcome. Therefore, you think you are disciplined. Mm-hmm. When reality is, you really mm-hmm. haven't been. You just saw a downtick or an uptick, whichever is the right direction for you, that led you to have that false belief you're, being dis- you're a disciplined person. So well totally. said. Thank All right, you. <laughs> so I'm going to change it up here a little bit to stay on yeah. this topic. And I didn't tell you we were going to do this, but I want to make this super tactical. You ready? Yes. Because you live by the six Fs. Yes. I, I wrote these down. <laughs> Faith, family, forgiveness, food, fitness, formula. So what we're yes. talking about would fall under the formu- uh, fitness category, right? So, yep. Amy, if somebody were listening to this podcast right now, and mm-hmm. their fitness journey, health journey is just beginning or hasn't even started yet. And they, they've stepped on the scale and they went, ooh. Especially right now with COVID, where people may have been sedentary when, and, and not doing what they should be doing. What would be some easy, more of mindset perspectives you would give that individual to get started today? First habits, like habits will rule everything. I, you know, it's not, people think it's a strategy. People will reach out to us and go, I just need the program. I'm like, no, like I'll give it to you. And that will be the vehicle that I'm going to use to change you. But really what's going to change you is we seeing the areas where you've got holes and finding habits and routine. Like, I mean, I want every client of mine to have a morning routine, whether it be, because then you wake up, even if it's just remembering your why, like we forget during the day, we get on autopilot and that's why the next person they're grabbing a candy bar, even though the day before they were crying with how much pain they're in with where they're at. We, our brains are so powerful and that it wants to protect us. It doesn't want us to feel like shit all the time. If uh, that just won't happen. So we, we have this protection mechanism when really it's like the reality check. So for me, it would be setting up some first seeing the areas where you're struggling and I like to create what I call food rules it's not about counting your calories it's like where are you having holes everyone should have like a a rehearsal of their day per se like Mm. walking waking up and just being a pinball when you think about it like I mean, your body, like it requires a certain amount of calories, whether it be more or less, depending on your goal. And I think so many people get hung up on that part of it and not realize it because women, it's like, it's all about starvation or all about how much little I can, you know, how little I can eat. I try to show my kids, like, I, I want to be accurate because it's, um, you need to be precise. It's your health. I I don't want to just be putting anything in my body. Like, you know, Whereas like, I think a lot of like young girls, they're so, they see calories and they already are starting to diet. And, you know, parents are afraid of like, how do I get them to, you know, I don't want to put my kid on a diet because I was on a diet from a young age. And that just sets you up to have a lot of failing with it. I think instead it's setting up your environment. So the first thing I would do is clean out your pantry. You know, I have a video on my IG where I show people what I did with it. Like I even did a study with my kids. So my kids, I would buy granola bars from um, Costco and I have like a basket in the pantry. When I refaced our entire pantry, our consumption just of granola bars went down 70%. 
because the kids can no longer see it. We're the same exact way as humans. So if you just make sure everything in your house is ironclad, like don't buy the things you're not tempted by, you know, those things, not that you should never have them, but buy them in single serving, drive, go out and get it. And then only have one serving of it. So you don't bring it home with you. You know, like that's the hard thing for most people's. We all know not like we pretty much know what's healthy, what's not. Let's face it. We just try to find ways to, you know, believe otherwise. But it really is like start in your home. Your environment is stronger than your willpower. You're never going to out, you know, you're never going to be out strong, you know, stronger than like, say, like you think your cravings in the morning, you might. And you're like, man, I'm never tempted by cupcakes. And then 10 o'clock at night comes and you're eating the cupcakes. Don't have the cupcakes in the house. You know, that's the first thing I ask the client. They're like, well, I got into the chips. Why do you have chips in your house? Like buy them for the special occasion that when you're going to eat them, go get them, eat them that night and be done with it. That, that's so good. Cause you hear that all the time where people, you just need to eliminate stuff from your life. I mean, that's the best discipline you can have, especially when it comes to food, right? Is make it impossible for you to grab those chips or grab that cupcake. Totally. I, I have a box at my office right now. It is taped up. It's a shoe box that all the candy I got for my birthday, I actually, as soon as I got it, because I'm on a, right now I'm doing like 42 days of, you know, hard discipline. I like to do this a couple times a year and I box it up. Like I'm no fool. Like I don't even want to have it around me to be tempted by. And I make it very hard for me to get into it. Like I would have to break the tape. I would have to, you know, get into it. And it's crazy how you, your brain will forget about it. Whereas if you're opening up your pantry every night and looking in there all the things that you can see are the things that you're going to end up wanting to have even more my pantry looks so boring all the treats are just hidden <laughs> well but what's what's very important in that message is you i love what you said your environment will always be stronger than your willpower but guess what you can control your environment whether that's, that's just food, whether that's your friends you can always control your environment but to your yep. point be careful how you choose because your environment will always be stronger than your willpower. Yep. That, that, that's beautiful. And so, I mean, I ask it if a client, like, let's say they're struggling, I'll even ask like, what are your friends who, who's in your circle when you're hanging out with them on the weekend? Because if all of your friends are overweight and you're trying to be the one outlier, it's going to be very hard for you. Like it just will. That's if you are the sum of your, of the five people you hang out with. I think we could say that a lot of things in life, right? You're the sum of the five most things you eat or five things you eat the most. You're the sum of the five people you hang around the most. It's environment, environment, environment. It is. It is. And, and guess what? We covered both food and fitness. <laughs> yes. Yes, exactly. Exactly. So here is, here's the, I want to go here next, Amy, because to me, this has just been, again, I, you and I haven't known each other all that long, but your, your journey through this battle with cancer, uh, I mean, let's, let's just face it. You were diagnosed with stage four cancer mm -hmm. seven years ago. Yes. It's when people hear stage time. four, for most, the light at the end of the, the, the end is already right around the corner, but your battle has gone on seven years and you continue to win. So one, would you mind telling us a little bit about that journey? And number two, I want you to answer this question because you come at everything from such a positive mindset. 
-hmm. What lessons have you learned from your seven-year battle with cancer? There's a lot. Okay, well, a little bit of a brief story. So seven years ago, I was diagnosed and my type of cancer, so I had I have non-small cell lung cancer, and it's basically a less than 1% five-year survival rate. But with saying that, now with immunotherapy, there's a lot of stage four lung cancer people that you kind of just stay on treatment forever, like, you know, on and off it. Like, they, it's, it's just like a maintenance type thing. My goal was I didn't want to be someone on treatment forever. I really might, you know, I visualized that I was going to be no evidence of disease, not even no evidence of active disease. So for me, I started looking for stories that would prove that right for me because I really believe in the power of our brain and it gives us hope. So I immediately started Googling. I wanted to find not just any old stage four, you know, cancer patient. I wanted to find the like the overcomers. Like I'm talking like they did an Iron Man, you know, in the middle of it. Like all of those stories because people don't realize that our brain is looking for proof of truth all the time. So if you start flooding it with all of those things, then you start to see that it's, it's possible for you. Like at first, the first few years I was on a lot of forums, like, you know, researching and meeting other people. And then I would see them pass away and that would affect my confidence in my, my ability. So I actually stopped. I was like, you know what? My environment is stronger here and I need to protect it. And so I intend, I was intentional about not labeling myself. Like I didn't go around. I'm a cancer survivor. I'm a cancer patient. I'm a cancer patient. I didn't, in fact, a lot of people didn't know my day-to-day journey. And that was intentional because I didn't want it to be come who I was. I already know too much about our identity. And if we take that on, we can actually get more sick. We can actually feel more things. So my doctor was very personally developed and he was very good about never telling me side effects of drugs. And he would tell me, don't go research it because there's the placebo effect of, oh, this is going to make me more fatigued. Guess I'm going to be more fatigued. Instead, I was the opposite. Like I just kept following the stories of people that were overcomers. And so I'm like, I'm going to do a Spartan race. Like, why not? Whereas people are like, are you crazy? I'm like, I've seen people do it. So why not? You know, and I really stayed away from that. The biggest lessons that I have learned is everything happens for you. Like in any moment that I, you know, I mean, yeah, year five, I'm starting to get a little bit bitter, admittedly, you know, and then I had to really refocus that and go, okay, what are the lessons that I'm learning here? I always tell my husband laughs because I always tell him that cancer, getting cancer was the biggest advantage that I've ever had in my life. And he's like, how has this been an advantage? I'm like, I just see the world differently. Like I, and, and I don't expect other people to see it the way that I see it now. And that's because I was given a four to six month, you know, I'm, I have four to six months to live in 2018. That changed everything for me. You know, I will never, um, you know, and I, I just consider it my blessing is that I'm like, I'll never see the world. I have a different type of gratitude perspective. And it's, and you know, people are like, man, it's such an extreme reminder. I'm like, but some of us need that extreme reminder. When I wake up in the morning, if I'm a little bit grouchy, I remind myself of all the people I know that have passed away and that I'm breathing air today. I'm doing things that most people, like they would give anything to be back here having that opportunity. And so, and I remind my kids of that. I take it to the extreme every time. I'm like, guys, I mean, when my kids were, when we were going through this, I shared with them um, a story of a guy I knew that passed away that prior to him dying, he walked his two little girls down the aisle, like a fake wedding. Like they were only like eight and 10. And I showed my daughter, I said, do you see this? They don't, their daddy doesn't get to be here 
today. Like they didn't wake up having a daddy today. This is a reality for so many people that we just, you know, we, we get up and we kind of forget in the moment, maybe we see a story on Instagram or whatever. So I do what's called anchoring every single morning where I actually anchor. I go, I have a folder on my phone where it's like people that have passed away or inspiring stories that remind me like in that moment, it is my daily reminder. And it's why I have massive gratitude that I'm like, man, I'm so thankful that this happened to me because one, I won't take my, my health for granted. You know, like I'm, you know, the moments that I'm being like, man, I'm so tired doing this workout. I'm like, I get to work out. Like I am blessed to be able to work out today. And there are people that are stuck in beds, you know, we're stuck at chemotherapy. So that's probably my biggest, you know, like lesson from it is happening for you. And just, I mean, the silver lining with everything, you know, like it's, it, it is great to see on the other side, the power of your mind. Like I did not realize how strong I was until going through this and sure it's a forced like it's a forced um you know bravery I guess because you have no choice but it's taught me like I had my daughter do a Spartan race with me in 2018 during my you know I had I was on chemo and I was you know she's a teenager and I'm like she kind of had a not a weak mind but you know just sometimes that struggling mindset and I'm like Kimeli we're doing the Spartan race we're not gonna I'm gonna show you the power of your mind how if you can believe in yourself like you can do so much more. And so I've just realized that there's so many people playing small, even on chemotherapy, you know, even healthy people, you know, that just are totally not realizing that your mind will take you way further than your body. Like it just will. You can, you if know, you will yourself to do it, you can do it. Well, and, and, you know, I think this question is very applicable to you right now because you help others with mindset, right? And whether it's fighting cancer or any other illness or disease, I, I heard Tony Robbins say once, it's dis-ease inside your body. What do you think causes disease? Yes, we have genetics and we have everything like that, but from a mindset perspective, what do you think causes disease in one's body? Mm, this is a good question. I would have not said this five years ago, but my journey has taken me down the deep dive of trauma not healing, like not even not forgiving yourself, shame, like a lot of autoimmune diseases right now are really being linked to um, childhood trauma, you know, um, sexual abuse victims. And I, it's funny because a couple of years ago, I truly like had no clue. And I remember a, a coach actually telling me, he's like, oh, well, I know this guy that works with um, people that have Hashimoto's, like autoimmune diseases. And I'm like, oh, well, what does he do to help them? He's like, therapy. And I'm like, what a quack. Like, this is a bunch of crap. And then when I started going to MD Anderson and working with their team and all the studies that were coming out at the time that like healing, like actually like going through like that kind of stuff would get people off a lot of these drugs that are for autoimmune diseases, Lyme's disease. Um, I think of like, there's a couple others that I'm trying to think of besides Hashimoto's thyroid. And it's no, no surprise if you follow like any of Joe Dispenza's work and you're like, man, everything comes like our emotions. We stay in fight or flight too much, you know, like way too much. Like I remember he gives the example of a deer, a baby deer can be out in the middle of hunting season and it can be shot at. And within less than five minutes, a deer will already be back at homeostasis, meaning that it will go back to that same field completely open and vulnerable to be open to the world. 
are you kidding? Humans will hold on to stuff for like weeks at a time and like totally keep themselves guarded and not be vulnerable and like the complete opposite. So it's no wonder that then our body stays in this fight or flight. And I think for me, I, I considered myself an emotionally immature person. I don't judge myself for it, but you know, my childhood, all of that, I know like with no doubt that a lot of this has been onset from my trauma and then things that I've brought on myself, you know, like through my life. And, you know, I mean, that's, I think a hard one for some people to see, but the links with especially non-small cell lung cancer, I'm a non-smoker. Most females that get this in their forties are non-smokers. And most of them have had a history of either sexual abuse, which I had as a child or some sort of PTSD type scenario. Wow. Yeah. I, I think, you know, it's, don't get me wrong. Genetics can be involved, but at the Absolutely. same time mindset, I think what you said earlier about your own fight, the number, the most potent uh, attack you've put on the disease isn't a medication, it's gratitude. Totally. Because it squashes fear, it squashes everything else when you really truly are living in that gratitude place. And that's a, that's a, an art to practice like, you know, I mean, I can't say that I always had the faith, like there's times when I'd get bad news, but it's still rem like, it's again, programming your brain, seeing it as a program and knowing that you can program more belief and actually just doing the things that are the opposite of what your diagnosis is. Like I would try every day to live as if I didn't have it. And it's amazing how your body will follow. You know, I mean, I was on the same yeah. chemotherapy drugs that other patients were on and I wasn't having those same side, side effects, yep. you know? Yep. And it's all between the ears. And, mm -hmm. and so what you are, a, you are an absolute inspiration for resiliency. And so my question for you is this, whether it's battling a disease like cancer or let's face it with COVID, the lockdowns and things like that, resiliency is a very important trait these days. If mm -hmm. somebody is struggling with illness or struggling with job loss or struggling with just failure right now, what are one or two things, one, one or two pieces of advice you would give that individual on becoming resilient maintain, or, or, or leveraging resilience to their favor? I think it goes back to like, the mindset practices. So I do a lot of like what I said, anchoring, which is changing your state or vision. So, and I have it in, in like five areas of my life. So basically I have, like, I consider it like a software update every single day. So my resilience is like something I can work on. Like, I really believe that everything is a skill. Like Tom Billy, always talks about this. Like there's really no talent. Like I'm no more special than anyone else. You know, I used to think that David Goggins was like some, some special magical unicorn. He's no different. It's that he sees that there's skill involved and that you practice it. So for me, resilience can become a practice where it's just reminders. It's, it's like, it's literally me going and being very present in the day and going, okay, all this other stuff can wait. I don't need to be worrying about this right now. And I need to be pressing forward. Yeah. That's awesome. Again, comes back to mindset and let's go to anchoring. Now you've been talking, you've, you've mentioned anchoring a couple of times and this is the last area I wanted to talk about with you, which is accountability. Now, I often coach people on what it means to be accountable to others and have others hold you accountable. Mm -hmm. But I love your perspective, which is you need to be accountable to yourself. So totally. you use a phrase, you know, honor thy word. Yep. Dive into yep. that a little bit and what that means to you. Well, if someone is like, put it this way, if you're not being 
honest with yourself, you're definitely not being honest with others. They're just not seeing it. Like it all starts with yourself. And if you really want to build the confidence, it's starting with the small little promises to yourself. So for me, I, cause you know, on the outside, I looked like I was great, but I was cutting corners, you know? And so I would get in bed at night and the inner critic is what usually yells at you. And it's like, oh, you should have done this. Or you should have done that. So I started by just jotting down some of that voice of what I needed to follow through on. And then from there, I just saw the power of decision-making. Like most people think they're decided. They're really not They're because they still then show up to the scenario in the morning. Like when their alarm goes off, they hit snooze. Well, then you didn't really decide to wake up at 530. So why do you even bother like setting it for 530? So I try to teach that at the core of everything, because this is what's changed my life is your word matters the most. And it doesn't matter what other people see. You feel like a badass because you did it. Like I, you know, like I take a cold shower every day. Mm-hmm. I don't care if anyone else doesn't see it. But to me, it's because I leaned into doing something hard for myself. It's not even about the agreement. Like people start to think that it's about the agreement. No, it's just you keeping it. Because once you can master that, oh my gosh, you're unstoppable. Like you'll hit every goal you've ever, you know, I mean, outside of maybe the strategy might be wrong. At least, you know, you'll actually hit it because you'll follow through because most people it's themselves that are holding them. I mean, it's all about you holding yourself back. So once I realized that it's like, sometimes I even get nervous to write it on my, I have a daily agreement card. I write every day. And I'm always like, once I write it, it's happening. Like my family knows, oh, is it on your, you know, my daughter last night got me a frosty from Wendy's. She brought it home. She was so excited. And I'm like, oh no, you know, like, and she goes, is it on your DAC? I'm like, yep, I can't have it. And she goes, I'll save it for you. Like my kids really know, like it's important to not let your voice of compromise. Even if like physiologically I could have had, I could have built that in, but by principle, I had said no sugar. So I'm not going to do it. And I teach myself to delay my gratification. If I want to have that frosty today, I could have totally agreed upon that. But in those moments, if you can keep your word to yourself, it will show up in every other area of your life. Well, and it goes back to environment. Your family is 100% behind what you're doing. Totally. So when you surround yourself with the right people who are going to support your goals, it gets a hell of a lot easier to get there. And you, you brought up the DACs. Mm-hmm. Am I diving into that? The, the daily agreement cards? Uh, yeah. I think it's so cool. Talk a little bit about the, the daily agreement cards. You know, it started, like I said, just jotting down a few things. Now it's become, I have like an actual outline where I choose one nutritional agreement and it can be anything. Like, I mean, that's because I try to teach people, like, it's about you deciding what's bothering you. If something like maybe you've been eating too late at night. So maybe your agreement for tomorrow is I'm not going to eat late at night. Maybe, you know, you need to drink more water. It could be, I'm going to drink four liters of water. So it's anything in the nutrition area. Then it's one activity agreement because I truly believe that movement, I mean, everybody should move every day. No joke. Even if it's a five minute walk or a stretch, like every day you should be doing something. And then it's a behavior agreement. So it's about just what is your intention? Who are you hoping to show up at? as. So it might be like, for me right now, my, my behavior one has been, you know, I'm going to be a softer tone with my children. And I, you know, that's just an agreement every day I make. And then one personal growth agreement. And this is typically like, I'm very much a Tom Billyu believer in that confidence is built through doing hard things. They don't all need to be hard, but you need to have something that takes you out of your comfort zone. So like for me, the cold shower is an easy one, like to, to build in so that if you can ideally have one of your agreements that need to be fulfilled in the morning 
that's the best thing because that's the inertia you need to like, like once I get that cold shower done, I'm like, man, I'm a badass. I just did this hard thing that most people don't like to do. And that starts to set the momentum for the day of like, well, I've done this. And the power of the card is, I mean, it's accountability to yourself. You know, I, I started it to, you know, I think I'm on, I can actually see, I have 565 wins and I have a hundred losses. Wow. And the way I work it is if I have a loss, the rule is that I have to write down two strategies that would have had me getting a win. And sometimes the strategy might be, Amy, don't cave, you know, like just yeah, yeah. be stronger. Wow. Sometimes it's an actual strategy of like, man, you just keep missing this one. You just keep failing on like reading my, say it's like reading my book. My strategy might be read earlier in the day and even just writing it down, putting it in writing makes your brain see that more and more often that you might have, I mean, I've had a hundred losses, but your losses are what turn into learns so long as you're aware of the strategies. Too many people go through the life going, oh, I just had a stressful week. Okay, and what are we going to do about it? Stress is always going to come. It's about having the strategies in place because we're just lip service people most of the time. Oh yeah, next week I'll do it. No, no, let's talk about it now. And so I don't want people to miss this because that was huge. If you don't mind repeating again, what goes on the DAC? So it's one, um, be, one nutrition agreement, one activity agreement, one behavior agreement, and one personal growth agreement. That's your minimum is four things. You can add as many as you want. Like, I mean, I, if I have something nagging at me, if something, if my inner bitch has been really loud, I'm putting that on the card for my next day. It's like Amy, you know, go, like, you know, Eric on his daily agreement was I need to be out on my walk within 10 minutes of waking up because he was just spending too much time, like say on his phone, it was nagging him in the morning. So he's like, I got to put that as my personal growth, you know, and, and you just evolve it over time. I mean, I'm constantly tracking. I really believe like what you measure gets managed, you know, like you've got to be measuring these things so that you can see it can't just be, you know, Oh, well I'll do better next time. Okay. Well, what are we going to do about it? If, if, if you can't measure it, you can't, yeah, you can't track yeah. it. It's not really a goal. So that was awesome. Here's what I love about that. Uh, I'm a big Gary Vee guy. And mm. he talks about why most people don't take the action they need. It's because they want to go 325 and roll. Well, he's totally happy to go 228 and 190 because he's going to be miles ahead of you when you're sitting there not taking action because you're fearing losses. That's the key. It, I had to really, this was the biggest blessing I gave myself is learning that the fail is actually an awesome blessing because it sets you up for hundreds of future wins. Exactly. Whereas if you play it safe, I mean, I could make my card easy and it would, the thing is you wouldn't feel good because you wouldn't grow. The confidence can only grow through it slowly leveling up. That's the beautiful thing about personal growth is it's constantly evolving because what was hard at one point is no longer hard anymore. And that's the beauty of the push. You know, I mean, I'm doing 42 days of a hundred percent on my, I have like set agreements for 42 days with Christina and Yasna and Steph. And I get excited about things like this. Like when I told them about it, they're like, why are you excited about six weeks at hundred percent? I'm like, it's not even about the outcome on the outside of my body. It's that I know this will make me feel so good because I realize like I keep my word. I do the things that I say I'm going to do. And we all, every year, someone should do something that really pushes them out of their comfort zone. Well, I'm going to, I'm going to start using the DACs tonight. So I think, cool. I thank you for that. That is just such an awesome, awesome thing. So let's wrap up here, Amy, because I know uh, um, we're, we're running out of time. And I, again, this has been an awesome conversation. So thank you. Let's talk about your business quickly. 
So yeah. you work with uh, folks in the fitness and the mindset. Um, how can one, tell us a little bit about the coaching and then how can people reach out to you to work with you as a coach? Okay. Well, we've been operating for about 15 years. So we, before Facebook, before, I mean, we were actually like on forums. We kind of laugh about that. We are definitely like the dinosaurs in the fitness industry, but we work with people that we always say that we, our ideal client is the person that doesn't want to compete on stage, but compete with themselves. So we typically, you know, it's the higher achiever that this is like the last piece of their puzzle. And in fact, it's actually affecting other areas of their life because they want it really bad. And it's like, there's something in the way. And you know, we, we take the approach that there's usually three areas, their mindset, their accountability and strategy. Like they need mindset help. They need the accountability for sure. You gotta have some skin in the game. And then you need that, um, the accountability, you know, the accountability always strategy. Cause if you don't have the strategy to get there, you'll go nowhere. Um, we do like a screening, like we've, you know, over the years, we've gotten really fine tuned with our philosophy. We have a high success rate. So it's like, we just want to make sure we're a good fit. So we, you know, you can reach out to me. We tend to do a screening call where I'm like, I want to make sure you're at a place where you're ready for this because some people think they're ready and I don't want them to waste their money. Like, I'm like, listen, if your why is not big enough, you'll only go through this honeymoon phase and I'm not looking for just a short-term transformation. Like I could put up transformations all day long. I'm looking for the person that when I contact you a year from now, you've changed. So we do a lot of identity shifting where it's like, it's all about you leveling up. Like you have to level up from within and see where your environment is. See, you know, what are your friendships? What are you doing on the weekends? Cause you got to start to live like a fit person, like a healthy person. Um, so they can reach out to me. I mean, I'm on Instagram. I love Instagram for, you know, stories and stuff. Um, Amy underscore Ladine. Our business is called Lean Bodies Consulting. We are a Facebook company by far. Like as much as I play on Instagram, Facebook is our place where we really play. And it's because our demographic is, you know, 35 to 55. You know, we, in fact, probably even 40 to 55, I love working with women that one, either maybe they've never reached the, the goal that they really have set out for themselves. Like, I love to see like the 45 year olds finally get it. Um, but it can also be someone that maybe they've been trying for years and they just need that person to remind them because it, it is, it's so much mindset. Most people already have the strategy. They just have not had accountability with the mindset there to do it you know? So. Yeah. Thank you so much, Amy. Um, I'll make sure one to put all your contact information in the show notes, but you are such an inspiration. Um, even with just Instagram stories and what you're doing. Um, I, I know people probably tell you this all the time, but you are having so much more of an impact than you probably even realize. Um, and your journey is such an inspiration for so many because that's why I wanted to talk about the three areas, the discipline, the resiliency, and the accountability. For you, it was started with weight loss, right? Now you've got the resiliency with this seven-year battle with cancer. You keep kicking it, which is absolutely amazing. And most importantly, you're doing it because you're holding yourself accountable. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. people can be in different journeys on different stages of their life. But at the end of the day, it comes down to having the right discipline, the habits, being resilient, because you're going to have losses in life. Yes. And holding you yourself accountable. Yeah, totally. That's life. And so, in a nutshell. <laughs> in a, yeah. So, I want to thank you again. Truly a blessing. And if you're listening out there, I hope you took a ton of notes. I know I did. Um, we're going through interesting times right now, right? It's COVID, lockdown, 
a lot of uncertainty around the future. But like Amy said, the one thing you can control right now is your mindset and your environment. Yes. So start working on discipline, be more resilient. Yes, you're going to deal with losses. Life happens, but be resilient. And then most importantly, hold yourself accountable. Because you know what happens when clarity and confidence collide, action happens. So go make it happen today. Thanks, Amy. Thank you. Thank you. Hey, I just want to say thank you for taking the time to listen to this episode. If you're finding bullpen sessions to be valuable to your business and your life, do me a favor. Please go to Apple. Please subscribe. Give it a five-star rating. And if you have anybody else in your life, whether it's in your personal tribe or in your business that could also be impacted by listening to these episodes, do me a favor, share the bullpen sessions with them. I'd be extremely grateful. And until next time, go out, make it happen today. Put a smile on your face and have some fun.